We've recently renamed Everyday Design Podcast into Designing Happiness. So we're reissuing our previous favourite Everyday Design episodes under the new name Designing Happiness. And please subscribe and follow for a new Designing Happiness series, which will be issued in September 2021. Welcome to Designing Happiness, the podcast to empower and educate homeowners on how to best deliver your extension or renovation project to make sure the end result is perfect for your lifestyle, personality and taste. I'm Abigail Hall, technical design expert and consultant to the construction industry. For almost 15 years, I've been delivering very high-end and complex renovations with some pretty hefty budgets. I've also undertaken a fair number of my own renovation projects with much smaller and restricted budgets. I've become an expert in how, irrespective of price tag, you can enhance your well-being and your own happiness in your home through great design. I want to share with you my knowledge, contacts and a few of the lessons I've learned along the way. Each week we talk to a different expert about their product or service so we can learn the technical jargon, the easy mistakes to avoid, the needs to's, the nice to's and how to get the finish you want on time and in budget and I am so excited this week because we are talking about outdoor sculptures with Paul Van Stone, artist, sculptor and my friend. Um, Some serious kudos for Paul, I'm going to start off, he trained at Central St Martins and then the Royal College of Arts, so pretty hefty credentials there. But what I love is he then went to Italy to the traditional marble carving studios. So he knows and loves his material. And this is what I think first really connected us. His, his <coughs> techniques were refined further in Berlin and India. And then just to show his skills, he became assistant to Arnish Kapoor with work done under uh, this name, exhibited in Tate Modern. Paul's been working under his own name for almost 20 years, winning multiple awards and exhibiting in galleries such as the British Museum and the V&A, just to name a few. But I I knew none of this when I met Paul about four years ago at the Chelsea Flower Show. I saw his work and just said, yes, I want this. We kept in contact and on finding out his atelier was just up the road from where I live, we developed a, a lovely professional friendship and to answer any questions, yes, of course, I have one of his sculptures. So, Paul, <laughs> welcome to Everyday Design. Oh, how lovely. Um, I... <laughs> it's really nice. It's like chatting with a friend, really. <laughs> it is. Well, that's the point of this, isn't yeah. it? Um, now, we're going to get straight into it. I want to start off with a mistake, because yes. that makes us all human, doesn't it? Yes. Have you got a story of a design mistake that's been made and what you learned from that? Yes, and I, I have to admit, maybe I'll start off by saying how I... Cr- I corrected it from Fine. now on. Yeah, yeah. I mean what I I actually do love working with clients. I'm not an artist which sort of hides away in their shell and then just plops things out into the public <laughs> no, every now not. and again when the world deserves it, of course. I lo- I love the dialogue. I liked I like getting the right thing in the right place and I loathe walking away from a client's house thinking that shouldn't have been the one. Mm. It should have been that one or that's the wrong size, yes. that's too dominating, or that's just disappeared. Yeah. You know, what's the point of going to all this effort if it doesn't it's not work? Right. Yeah. Agreed. I mean, and I, I'm not sure that a lot of the time that's to do with money. I think it's to do with that connection. And what I tend to, so I'm sorry, I'm working backwards. What I tend to do now <laughs> no, is, is get people to come to the studio, look at the material. 
I photograph whatever material is chosen, I photograph the journey, the whole journey, and then I tend to do a little apple book at the end so they can see the journey of their sculpture. But what happens is you take people with you. I remember doing a piece for a client in Popular and they came to the studio. We'd, we'd been quite specific, but I'd also said, can you give me a little bit of leeway because you know I like to respond to the material yes. and that. And you know, obviously I probably went through this you know, creative process, got there, and they just sort of get, gave me this sort of blank look, what is this? And that leeway for me was very different from the leeway for them. Their expectations and, were different. And, and, and that's fine. And some people want to really control things and some people take you from, you know, they trust what you are yes. and they, you know, they go with that trust. And I've seen trust come towards me and I've seen it go away from me. Oh. <laughs> Doesn't happen very well, well that many times, but you know when it's happening to yeah. you. And I, I kind of, you know, and I, I, don't, I don't want to force anything on someone. And so it's, it's that journey you go on. And actually a lot of the time people want with a unique sculpture to kind of see that journey. So if you record it all the time and send it to them, they're part of it and yeah. they love it and you avoid the mistakes. And I think that's really, it's really important and it's something that we talk about in other podcasts. You didn't say it explicitly, but what I took from that is the relationship with you and the relationship with the sculpture are related. Yes. And you maintain yeah. that relationship through that communication. Yes, yes. And I think with a natural material, I mean, if you used wood, there are qualities within it that you respond to. You know, if you're having a bespoke wooden table done, you know, that, choosing that plank over that plank because it has that beautiful burry edge or knot in it, you know, and that's an aesthetic decision that happens as you go through it. Maybe in the in yeah. in the wood yard or it may be in the stone yard, but to have that little leeway. Oh, I thought we were going to have this plank, but oh, well, actually, I chose that plank. But actually, if you photograph that moment and you send it to your client, what do you think? I I really think that this plank is better than that plank, or this piece of stone. Is, what do you think? You know, it it joins the dialogue, yeah. And rather than jumping that bit and suddenly, oh, you chose that bit. Uh, I would have liked to have. Do you know what I mean? Even, you know. And I understand that. I would have wanted it the other way yeah. around if it was happening to me. Yeah. You know. So. I like that honesty. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. We're going to go back a bit because I, I like you've started talking about the process of commissioning, which I love, and I'm going to come on to. But can I just start? Why is why is art? Why is sculpture so important to you? Um, I, I mean, in a really basic way, I've always loved making things and you can go into all sorts of psychological things that uh, I've never wanted to be on the stage, but I'm putting this thing on the stage. You look at that, don't look at me. And I'm sure that's all in there. But I've actually, to tell you the truth, I always love making things and uh, and I'm still love making things. I, you know, I've employed people and, but, but basically if I'm not getting my hat, if I'm not, you know, how do you do, how do you paint a painting without painting it yourself you know you can't and I think it when that goes I think probably I'm I'm done yeah you know? and I think it unless you're copying something and I don't see why that can't be done by a machine or Agreed. an assistant or in some way but if it's a unique piece then it's it's all about your hand and touch and I've loved you know I love things which are touched by hand and that um and you go back, you know, hundreds of thousands of you know years, and see things which are touched by hand, and they, you know, they immediately have a uh, a connection to to you as a human being, and uh, you know. That's so, so lovely. <laughs> no, I feel that. Do you know? I think I feel that without ever having thought it. Mm. That's a good explanation. Deep, but when... I think they're deep in the unconscious. You know, carving a stone 
you know, into a bit of stone has been done for so long. Yes. It's, you know, scratching two eyes, a nose and a mouth. It's, it's as direct as yeah. that. And you don't, at times I think you can have all the qualifications you need, but actually it's, it's actually, comes from, you've got to do it. You've yeah. got to get your hands dirty and, uh, you know. And what I was going to say is, you see, from my perspective, I always think about sculpture, the benefit, or sculpture or art, the benefit that it brings with design, the setting of a room or the setting of a garden, yeah. lines of sight, yes. flows of spaces. Yes. But actually, wherever, that's why I said everything you said I agree with, because it could just be in anything. It could be a plaque, it could be a man-made, hmm. machined. Yes. But actually, having that piece that someone's made, you want you gravitate yes. towards it because of that reason. Yes. Yeah, and, and, uh, and I think that's definitely deep within us in the, in the subconscious. And, and using an object... Uh, you know, I think art gives you that X factor in your yeah. life. It it takes you somewhere else. It's a window out of the everyday. But actually, I love my objects to be. Sometimes you'll go to a garden and they'll have some special spot that they do parties. You know, on that beautifully warm day in yes. the summer. But it's only used that. I don't want that spot. I want the spot which is walked by every day or seen out of a window every day it's in your yeah. life it's next to you it's 100% um, and and, and, uh, and we call the podcast everyday design mm. for this very reason mm. it, you should be getting joy from it every day it should yeah. be making your life a little bit happier yeah every no day. definitely definitely and actually since people have been putting in stone floors and you know got into marble for their mm. tops and surfaces stone inside has become much more people are oh I could put this inside I don't need to put this outside and I love it when people put it right into their lives. You know, you can get it. I once put one into a toilet uh, for someone. I love and it. I might, without getting into too much detail, he, he did spend a lot of time in his toilet. So uh, I think for a, a complaint he had. And so he was spending a lot of time with the piece in the, in, in the toilet. But um, However it works. Yeah, let's end that one there. It is their home and they live in it. And that's their prerogative. No judgment from us. Okay, so I am going to be talking to you mostly about outdoor but a lot of this applies to indoor as well. So we'll just sure. modify it. We can think about it either way. Yeah. So someone has decided they want an outdoor sculpture. Yeah. What are the, the top three things that they need to do, that they need to think about? I think almost actually the, the spot they're thinking of, it's usually mm. done, it's a sort of convergence of, I mean, I'd say financial, um, but, but a location, particularly with sculpture. Yeah. I mean, mainly with a picture you can try it in different places yes. and, and you know get it to work well in sculpture you kind of think this is quite a responsibility I want to have that spot and, yes and I found it and that a sculpture would make a big difference in that spot actually it may not necessarily be that exact spot and when you actually physically get it there two foot that way actually is the right yes. spot and so and, and actually I've just been it with through a lady this, eve, this morning where so what I do, and I always call it my Monty Python, Monty Python moment, <laughs> is that I'll do a cardboard cutout yeah. of a piece, and we wander around, the you know the garden with it. We love that. And uh, but you have them at different sizes, so it's scale, I think. Yeah. And then you can, I mean, obviously someone can stand in place or whatever, but scale is almost more mm. important. Scale, subject, material, actually the spot itself. You, if you have, it's great to have a little bit of flexibility. Yes. So I'll often come in and do a foundation because it gives you a chance just to move it. Yeah. Whereas if someone has had their landscape or whatever put the foundation in, then it's got to go yeah. there. 
And, uh, and this yeah. is very important, just I think jumping straight to that, that foundation, because the load, the weight that yes. we're talking about are the pieces that you make, because yeah. you carve them from marble and granite or any other marble. Uh, I use alabasters, but they're mostly inside yeah. uh, onyxes, marbles. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But nevertheless, your your sculptures can be 500 kilos, yeah, yeah. a tonne. Yeah. yeah, and I continually underestimate that. But um, <laughs> Generally, you can spread that weight out, and and everybody has become obsessed by weight loading on. Exactly, but that's what I was going to say. But it does actually help. It's not particularly difficult to do those footings. That's no. that that foundation, no, no. that base. No. Um, and I think that's a great piece. So if you have, if you're working with your ground worker, gardener, landscape architect, builder, mm. whoever it is that's doing mm. this, it helps if they have a bit of a conversation with you. Yes. To get an idea of the size. Yes. But also to give it a, that bit of wiggle room. Yes. So actually, no, no, it's, it's, it's a foot so over. Yeah. Not I mean, the end so of the day. I, you know, and you can get pre-made concrete slabs. Mm. I mean, if it's just straight onto earth, and you dig them in and you move them around. I mean, it. Everybody kind of. Oh well, that's that's <clears throat> that's so much work. But it's actually, it's to really get it, to get it in the right spot, which you're going to have for years ahead, yes. it's worth it. What's for, a hell- for a morning's extra trying or a day's and what's a hell of a lot of work is not doing the correct preparations putting it down and then it's sinking and falling over and having to have it come in be repaired re-stood up retrospectively fixed I mean I have had some hilarious moments where people like to give things and often they give the things that they love so I had to do uh, one to actually someone was getting married in their garden and I had said so he he bought the sculpture for his wife I knew he liked it, and then I had a sneaky feeling that he hadn't shown it. Well, I know he hadn't shown it. It was a surprise. But because he wanted it himself, and it was a good... Anyway, let's not judge anybody. I've had it the other way around. It's not a sexist thing. Um, And so I get to the garden. I said it's going to take a couple of hours. All 40, 50 guests are already there. (gasps) And I had to put the sculpture up with 40, 50 people watching watching it, which is truly... Oh, that's, I, I would have uh, found it hilarious Paul, but no, it's no. definitely not something you should no. rush and, but obviously at that moment it would have been better to have had a fair day should put in but a dialogue with um, the builder and the uh, the gardener it's yeah. usually the gardener yes. because gardeners slightly, you can get this very defensive attitude that you're coming in and you're mm. going to tear up my lawn and I always board up everything like you would in a home you yeah. put sheets down Prepare. and have a dialogue I would only want to make their work look better yeah or the whole scene looked better. I wouldn't want it to take away from what they did. Um, so, you know, uh, hopefully that can happen, yeah. that, that dialogue. So I love that. So it sounds like there's the three things are selection of the space that it's going to go in that location, and yeah. that's, that's a conversation to try it, to see if it's right. Yeah. Preparation of the ground to make sure it can take it. <laughs> yeah. But also that conversation about how it's going to be in the space. Yeah. So what are the plants that are going to go around yeah. it, or the path, or the yeah. whatever it might be. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's absolutely and, and brilliant. And oddly, because you've spent all your time with the sculpture, and they've spent all, all their time, time in their garden, you want to sort of cross-fertilise that knowledge. Yeah. I, I had a, a, a woman from Chelsea buy a piece, and she wanted it quite quickly, so I had not got, had a chance to go to the garden. So me and Vitaly, who worked for me, got there, and um, it was a tiny, tiny garden. And then I realised, as soon as I walked on the garden, every single plant was individually, you know, planted. <gasps> oh, my god! And there we are with a crane with a piece, which must have weighed three quarters of yes. a ton and I'm thinking oh my god it's this precious yeah. precious like a sort of bonsai world of of manicure beautiful garden and it was a green it was in a green marble um so I had less worries that it was going to completely take over and actually we we managed to lift it in place delicately carefully 
and then the green just sort of slip, you know, did this great, didn't disappear, but it didn't take over. And so it had this great moment of balance and it was lovely. Uh, and that, but it was quite frightening to initially because I'd not been there beforehand. I like to go beforehand. Yeah, and it's so nice to hear that you as the artist like that, mm. that the onus isn't all on the person who's making our lovely listeners who are having yeah. to make the decision. It's, yes. You're in it together. Yes. Let us, let no, everyone help you. Definitely. Well, let's yeah. get the best thing, you know. Exactly. I think that's the best route to getting uh, the best. Yeah. Uh, and that's all I would ever want. You know. Now, talking about the actual process of commissioning a sculpture. Yeah. So this isn't, I've been to Chelsea and sadly we're recording this um, in 2020. Mm. Uh, so Chelsea Flower Show is off this year. Mm. Everyone is keeping their fingers crossed that they'll do something to help promote you guys. And yeah. next year is going to yeah. be phenomenal, I'm well, sure. Well, if you think, yeah, I mean, it's going to have a real pull next year. So oh, hopefully I, we can have a wave next I'm year. I'm going to be there. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but well, if, we'll if, have our Pims moment. Yeah, hell yeah. Um, so if someone comes to Chelsea and they see an actual piece and they fall in love and they say, they say Paul, I want that one. Mm. That's great. But actually, your work is commissioned. Mm. So what's... How does someone go about doing that? Um, well, I always think that uh, a little bit like choosing you as an interior designer. Mm. They, they've seen what you've made mm. before. They love your work. So they should trust you in... I mean, obviously, it's very personal. You're, you're, you, know, you are moving and dividing up their, mm. their living space, the most personal space they have in mm. their lives. And so that's quite an element of trust. And I think when you choose a sculptor... Um, you you get the most out of someone if you let them run, you know, trust them, let them run. And, you know, obviously you want to spend some time with them. So you, you do need to have a bit of commitment, I think, for the best result. Yes. I mean, obviously, not everybody has the time, but, but it does make a difference. And it's not, I don't think all the time is about throwing more money at something. I think it's about that dialogue and um, trusting someone um, I did a piece for Lord Carrington, it was my first commission, and I, I realised only years later why he was such a successful politician and, and lovely person, because he, he knew how to select and delegate, um, you know, people, and then he would give them the space and the freedom to, to and she'd keep an eye on it, to do their, the thing that, they, that had sparked them in the first that's place. lovely to and, hear. And that's how I think you get the most out of yeah. an artist, and probably out of a lot of craftspeople, uh, you know, yeah. uh, across the board. And if someone, if it's the first time they have commissioned something, talking to you, coming and visiting your studio, as you said earlier, yeah. you recommend that they do that anyway? Select the material we're going to use, either by a photograph or by what's here. Yeah. Um, and asking as many questions yeah, as they like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it is a difficult one. I mean, you've, you come to a show you come to, and you see something and it is unique and you fall in love with that thing. And it's very difficult to sort of retract that. That love. And you know, may see an interior in a magazine and you fall in love with that photograph, but it's not gonna be your, you know, you're not going to be able to reproduce yes. that exactly in a house. Mm. It's going to be their house with the magic you weave yeah. with it. And those, you know, the soup of ingredients you have of, you know, what, you know whatever the floor yeah. or whatever. And um, yeah, it's trust and, and I personally think that's a great way of getting the most out of someone. I uh, love that. Yeah. Trust and the process. And I know for absolute sure, and this is where my expertise really does lie, if you go through that process with that open <coughs> trust and you enjoy it, you enjoy the product at the end so much yeah, more. Yeah. It's not a, 
by the till purchase. It's yes. not a, I was slightly drunk on Pims at Chelsea. <laughs> oh, that's a nice sculpture. Mm. It's something that actually you've co-created. Yes. Even if, as a client, and I'm sitting here very much aware, that the, all it was was that you brought was the energy and the love for the piece. Yes. Your, yes. It's your skill. You interpret yes. everything. And, yes. and everything that Paul is talking about, I've been through this, so I'm nodding and smiling along, thinking, yeah. I mean, it, some, sometimes it isn't smooth. You know, it's not a sausage factory. And I think, you know, it, there has to be trust both ways. You know, you have to be on it as an artist and be honest with what's happening. And sometimes things don't work out. And there is that ingredients of, you know, you'll have a unique, you know, I've got a, there's a torso with a crystal kind of vein which comes down just like a sash, trying to, you know, it's a unique piece of stone. Mm. If someone comes and says, oh, I want that, oh, you can't have that because it's sold, but I, I can find you a block. It's not going to be exactly like that. Because it's a natural material. So often it's very difficult to pull one someone away from that thing that, that that's what's drawing you, the first, yeah. that first love of yeah. something you've done. Uh, but just to have that little bit of room, you'll get something else, which is your personal thing. Nobody else will have it. Yes. And uh, it could be better, you know. Exactly. Uh, and often is, because, you, you know, as a lot of artists are if they're on it, are improving all the time. Yeah. You know. And I think everyone who's listening to this who's doing any kind of um, home renovation or extension, even if you're a character like me that every detail is defined before you've even broken ground, everything evolves. It has to. Yeah. Because life happens to you. Something isn't available. Yes. You go to... You think you're going to move that wall and the foundations weren't what they thought it was. The steel ends up bigger. The time didn't allow it to be changed. And actually, the joy in life is accommodating those little changes. Yes. And often you do love it more at the end. Yes, I think so. I mean, often I think about the sculptures, which, you know, the sculptures will just go very smoothly and they're done and and that's great, of oh God, you know. But then there are pieces which you kind of, you know, you kind of go through these stages where you kind of think, oh my God, well, this is just, you know, this is awful. <laughs> it's you know, a labour of what, love. What can, I, what can I do? What can I adjust this and correct this with? And, uh, you know... Again, I think it's nice time spent, time and love, rather than money. Often, I mean, obviously you need, in these are luxury things, but um, do you know what I mean? If you can just work your way through them in a in a kind of way, rather than having those panic moments of, yeah. oh my God, this is going to be a disaster, this is not what I we're want. Getting, Whereas, I think we're getting you know, into life lessons here, this is fantastic. <laughs> I'm asking about commissioning a sculpture. I think I'm going to re-listen well, to this well, every I think time. Maybe I have too much time to think at the moment with the... Uh, <laughs> No, I think with the lockdown. I think, but however, you have mentioned money, and I think this is like we're we're both very British. With this, is the awkward question, mm. budget. Because yeah. talking money can be a really awkward conversation, yeah. can't it? And so, it's, but it's really important, and you should do it right from the start, right from the uh, get go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, I kind of think with sculpture, you you need to think in a more long term view. I think it's not like I mean, I know there are all the affordable art fairs and everything like that, and they definitely fill a fantastic. Uh, need and, and I love buying things um, and and there are things which you you know you may buy and often think when you start collecting things you start with certain things but three years four years ten years down the line you think my god uh, why did I ever select that but <laughs> yeah, but sure. actually that selection helps you get your eye in to make the next ten selections Absolutely. and the, the selection at the tenth one it's the training of your own eye yes. and you know I, I always think we've been through a, a level of training, and but that eye training is important. Yes. And collectors, it's interesting looking at a collection of people, the things that people collect, 
and and how you fit in with that. I agree. Know. I agree completely. And just and coming back to the 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 budget piece. There is, I agree, have the conversation right at the outset. Yes, yeah. And someone's budget is what their budget is. Yes. So if simply what they want is below the cost of the material in your time, yeah. it's, it's, it's like anything, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, but you can, no, I mean, obviously it can't be that. Yeah. But you can use plinths and bases to make, to lift something up at a relatively cheaper cost. Yes. Than, you know, making a full size figure. Yeah. You could make a torso or a head which, you know, uh, and, you know, we all have a budget and then it's, it's, it's often do, it is to do with the amount of time I spend on something which really gives it its value uh, well, for how, how much it yes. has to sell for. But you can be cute with those sorts of yeah. things and, you know, maybe use an oak base instead of a marble base. That brings the price down. So it's having Oaks those conversations. outside, so does yeah. not. You know, so it, it, having those yeah. conversations about and it. You and do, you don't compromise the piece, but you, you be a bit cute. About yeah, it, and know. I'll be honest, I had, I had an amount in mind, had the conversation, fell in love, and I said, OK, I want to do this project. It's going to take me a while to save up a bit of the money. Mm. Is that OK? Well, you're not going anywhere. No, and often, and, and you know, I've, I've been paid... I've, I've, I bought a, a piece of Portuguese marble for a, for a job which sits outside. She can't actually afford to, the piece to start mm. until her husband sold her company. Not that not, it's not that expensive, <laughs> but, uh, but she, wow, from, her, from her point, a financial point of view, which yes. I don't know, she doesn't look poor, but obviously you never know. That, you that's never her know. own balancing act. <laughs> so that's, I've got the material, we've got the material yeah. here. Hopefully, uh, let's not look too far ahead, hopefully... You know, he, he wants to retire yeah. and, and yeah. on well go. But, I mean, obviously that's a bit unusual. Yeah. But you can do things in stages yeah. so you can pay for the material and, the, you know, the initial yeah. work as one payment. And then generally there's another payment up to a point where um, I, I like to get to a point probably before it's mm. polished that someone can see the shape and form. They c hopefully can come to the studio mm. or a cinema photograph. So once that's been approved, another payment... And then the, the shortest period, uh, I deliver it, and they're happy with it, and then the five-month payment happens at that point. Mm. So that's the last payment. So that's usually three yeah. payments. So that's and, really, and that's really nice and manageable, which yeah. is fantastic. And the one thing I'd say at this point, this is like anything when you go into a, a build, a renovation, an extension project. Our expectations of costs are always lower than the reality and that's simply because the availability of information isn't there if any of you have done bifold doors for example or huge moving velux windows all our expectations are there low thousands and they often end up being tens of thousands <laughs> and and sometimes and that, but you don't begrudge it because you you use it every day and you love it every day and for me art and sculpture is like that mm. it's that same level of investment so where your expectations are and what the costs are might be slightly different but think about it in respect of that longevity as you said yeah right i mean I, nothing more that i loathe more than nothing is having to redo something <gasps> yes if if you've done something and then you know two years later you kind of think no that was the wrong and you just there's nothing worse than that and the phrase and the phrase for that i'm afraid is buy cheap buy twice and that's yeah. not just something that's mechanical that can fail yeah. it really is just putting something there and i'm using air quotes just putting it there because you you can't fool yourself Hmm. If it's your own home and it's you love it, yeah. spend the time, and time is what you said there. And I the think time. I think when you see when you go into, I mean, there are properties which are set up for you, and I don't think it's all the case, but I remember going to a penthouse overlooking Kew Bridge over, over the Thames. It was you know it was a two point eight million pound hmm. penthouse flat. 
but you could hear the plug going in for the kettle of the flat next door. Oh, wow. And personally, you know, whatever property I'm living, you know, I, uh, I don't live in a house which has anywhere near that value, but I don't really want to listen to my neighbor's, neighbor's plug being put into the... So I just kind of think you're setting up something which you want to live in for quite a while. You know, I, so. I agree with you completely, and you'll very much enjoy the podcast we have with uh, Bridget Clements, where we talk about acoustics and mm. partitions, and whether you put the disco room next to the granny flat, <laughs> whether that's a strategic decision, <laughs> so she's not around so much, or, uh, or actually you acoustically block it really well. Um, actually, a lovely thing you mentioned there was about uh, time and duration. What broadly is the lead time for a sculpture from you? Well, I mean, actually, I, I do spend quite a lot of time just making work that I love. So, you know, if, if, you, if you're the first there, you know, then you can buy that piece and, you know, in a matter of weeks we can get it delivered. Or I do have like 50 tonnes of material here. <laughs> we can choose a material here and get on with it. And that would be between four and six weeks, mm. depending on the piece. Depending, and depending on your availability yeah. as well, what else you've got on. And then you, if it's more specific than that, uh, and I have been to Carrara, you, uh, what's wonderful about Carrara is that even if you're not buying Italian marble, it's like a huge, it sucks in materials from all over the world. So you can get materials from Brazil, materials from mm. China, you know, and you, you have this great choice. So in a morning you can go to Five Yards, see 50 types of material. And I have done that with clients. And it's a lovely, you know, again, you're joining that journey even earlier. You know, or you go up into the quarry and, you know, you select a block and, you know, put the hard hat on. And that, I mean, they, we're maybe going to extremes. I mean, I, 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 I want to be your apprentice. <laughs> <laughs> I want to come with you. Um, if someone wanted to do that process, they're well, absolutely... That's going to be, you know, they want be the, a couple of months. Yeah, they want it? the same marble that the Taj Mahal was built from. <laughs> Which was Italian. Oh, yeah. Italian. They bought Italian, yeah, marble. I love that. <laughs> I don't know if everyone knows that. There was some pure white marble in Rajasthan, um, which Agra is in Rajasthan, yes. but it was more expensive than buying Carrara marble. Which is mad, isn't it? Because now <laughs> we think yeah, getting, importing precisely. things from overseas yeah. because it's cheaper is yeah. a modern phenomenon. And it's really interesting, that thing with materials. What someone values as, you know, that marble for a countertop. You know, like, I personally never think you should use statuario for a countertop. You know, you can see it all the time, these sort of mad... I've seen slate, which is like utter disaster as a, as a top for anyone, material. let alone yeah. a kitchen top. And then, you, and then there's this material which hasn't got a high value, but you think, wow, that is beautiful. Yes. And you put it in place, wow, that's, that looks amazing. That looks, you know, tens yeah. of thousands of pounds. But it isn't. And it's to do with what you value yes. compared to what the world values. You know, the world values quite pure materials like white marble or pure black, you know. And actually... I mean, you don't want that stark white or that stark yes. black. You want something with this veining. And actually, that's they can be the materials which are actually yeah. not that expensive. And this comes back to a taste and personality. Very few of us fit into that absolute category of extremes. Actually, mm. we're a little bit of everything, and, yes. and this can be the same. Yeah. Talking, I'm going to talk some practicalities now. Yep. We've mentioned it briefly, because you talked about that lovely garden in Chelsea where you found a way and you did some temporary yeah. protection. Yeah. How on earth do you move your pieces of art? And at what point in the programme do you have to consider the logistics of that? Well, look, if we take putting your piece in... Yes. I mean, I initially looked at putting it from the street, lowering it down, because you're, you're a yeah. basement flat, lowering it down and then coming through your, your house, which I've done. I, I did it with a piece in Chelsea. It was a 
two and a half ton reclining mm. figure, but it was really thin. So you so, could get it through the front to, door, along the corridor, yeah. through the kitchen. And just to explain, uh, my uh, labyrinth of a flat <laughs> has got many, many very tight 90 degree turns <laughs> to get from front to back. So my handy Dave, a uh, very un-PC Dave, a high-ab lorry driver, which I love and got me out of many a scrape, high-abbed it over your back and so that's a, that, wall. That's which... a crane, crane on the back of a lorry, basically. <laughs> and I'm very, very lucky that I've got the, uh, I've got a lovely hotel which backs right their car yeah, park is behind. Cool, and they were superb and said, again, had a, human beings had a conversation with them yeah. and you yeah. craned it over the back yeah, wall. We have, we have done some nutty deliveries. I was thinking about writing a book of nutty deliveries. <laughs> um, I, you know, I did a delivery to, um, to an island, a Koi island in Lagos, to a, a guy who commissioned a big 16-ton piece. And truly, I, I, I won't go through the whole boring story, but at the end, I sat at the airport with my shirt still on the back, thinking, my God, I've got through that. I could personally do, deliver do anything, anywhere. Anything. The moon, no problem. Yeah. You know, so, but uh, we've... we've uh, you, you, you put your mind to it. Yeah. You know, I, I really think where there's a will, there's a way. And, but those, um, but those yeah. logistics are important because yeah, yeah. if I hadn't have had that Definitely. car park behind my yeah. house and it had been back-to-back yeah. gardens... Yeah. Probably you would have been saying to me, Abby, it's got to get through your flat. Yeah. That limits the size of it. Yeah, and and you know we did do a site. I did do a site mm. visit to your flat, and obviously that did. Mm. We did. I mean, you did adjust one of your walls, I think, so just to <laughs> yeah, de- defend myself. But you know that that can lead to problems. I had a delivery yeah. where between the site visit and delivery, mm. they built a four foot wall, and which meant that the hired lorry couldn't get into the garden, which then actually led to a very protracted delivery after that. Um, and so again, I think returning to that dialogue, if the client had told me that they were changing, you know, obviously I would have got it done before the wall. They were under pressure, their build, the previous builder had gone bankrupt. They felt really vulnerable to the next builder which put the job on. So they prefer to, you know, uh, keep them. Whereas a little dialogue, why don't you come today instead of next Thursday? That would have done it. And it's just that dialogue, I think. And it can be a real pity when you come and you see something that is absolutely pristine and finished, mm. and you know, even with boards and protection, yes, yes. you're still going to go straight across the flower bed. Yes, yes. And uh, I mean, I've got, I've got I, you know, I, I, I'm really respectful. I've, I've dealt with garden designers from Chelsea, and like every plant is this sort of human existence, you know. <laughs> and you literally, you know, if you've killed, an, you know. I am very, very careful. And I have lots of lifting equipment which mm. can be assembled, aluminium, so it can be assembled, so you're lifting over the top of things instead of crushing them. You know, so, yeah. I love it. Well, I tell you what, if everyone was conscientious as you, the world would be easy, and everyone who's listening to this thinking of doing renovations and extensions will think, my gosh, wish yeah. well, you'd be my contractor. <laughs> <laughs> it's just respect, isn't it? I yeah. agree. I, yeah. Yes, I think it is. Now, we've come lovely to the end. So what's one takeaway message if someone's thinking of introducing a sculpture into their outdoor space? What would you say to them? I think find your, find your sculptor. Find, you know... Try and have a broad, you know, there's so much online or there's so many shows. Yeah. I, I have a thing about public sculpture. I don't think <clears throat> this committee thing where you have five people who, you know, you interview. I think find your sculptor and then within his or her range of things, find the thing you love about it. If you, they don't have it, you then enter another conversation of trust with them. But, you know, try and give it a bit of a... I mean, obviously, most of us react on impulse. 
but you know there's a lot out there and sculpture has gone through an incredible kind of renaissance blooming there's so many sculpture shows and you know the affordable art fairs all different levels and sizes and then open a dialogue you know and and most people like you know um i go to quarries and uh, talk to the the people in the quarry the people who are quarrying they've never had a conversation you know and, and it often that saves you a lot of money can save you a lot of money but also you get exactly what you want yes and um, so just a bit more time invested because the expertise um, is out there and actually yeah. ask the questions yeah pretty much people are answering it for yeah. you they'll tell you the truth yeah but also that's sele- the initial selection process i mean also we're all reacting on God, I love that. You know, that's yeah. uh, that's wonderful, and that and that shouldn't be replaced. Yeah, agreed. And I think whenever I'm in conversation with agents or galleries, just don't get in the way. You know, I I'm loving making this thing. They're loving it. Uh, all you're trying to do is connect those two yes. things, and bingo. Yeah. And uh, I think, and I don't think it has to be any more overthought than that. If you love it, hmm. that's it. Yes. Don't. And it's remember, it is your house. You live in it. Yeah. You're not curating a collection for a public art display. Yeah. Which actually, they, as you say, death by committee. They don't tend to be the most enthusiastic. No, well, you get this terrible anyway. kind of wishy-washy kind of, and and you can do it one to one with artists. You can force them in a direction, yeah. and you'll get this sort of watered down thing, which is, you know, which, which is, you know, you want you well, want to get the most out, and it's often not to do with how much money you're spending on. It's yeah. on how you treat yeah. and talk to someone. And again, in your home, having something that's very vanilla is can be fine but very rarely does it kind of bring out that mm. that love the passion the enthusiasm yeah. well, you, the want that X factor. you want home. that x factor in your home you want that x yeah. factor yeah. and you see big interior you know all sorts of interior designers use them to make places unique and individual and that should reflect you i agree and the artist you choose you know well, i love this you're, every, <laughs> you're just echoing everything about every day come on every week uh, so how can we find out more information about you where do we find you on the interweb on uh, you'll find, instagram you'll find me uh paul vanstone you know uh sculptor you'll, you'll see me I've got a new uh available work website or instagram um it's under the same name Perfect. So often weekly posting stuff. We'll, we'll you find wanna. you. And also we'll put all the information on as always. So, Paul, thank you. No, so much. Good fun. Love, oh, I love talking talk to you all day. Um, and I love your atelier. <laughs> and can we just oh finish? My God. There is a story <laughs> I haven't told Paul, I'm going to tell you this. There is a very, Uh-oh. very well known interior designer who I'm not going to name, but she's utterly gorgeous, normally dresses all in black, oh and is flanked <laughs> by her secretaries, assistants, drivers. Call and it, I, all in black. And I believe she came to your. Uh, yeah, I think she came to your. Uh, I remember seeing a walk, a walk away. I hope this isn't too uh, PC with a white handprint on her bottom. Not mine. I'm sure it was her own. But uh, don't wear black to a dusty sculptor's studio. I love it. Um, so yeah, that I, I'm, I'm absolutely sure it was one of her assistants that was having a laugh. I <laughs> think that too. It was very funny. But yeah, no, I love this place. For more information on today's show, any links we've mentioned or to find other episodes, please go to um, eddpodcast.com. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at eddpodcast. And please subscribe and rate this podcast as it helps other homeowners learn how to design their homes. Thank you for listening. This has been Everyday Design.